Hey, have you heard the Virginia Lottery has a new Willy Wonka Golden Ticket Scratcher that has a top prize of $100,000? Tell that to my automated Golden Ticket Scratcher apparatus. You simply put the ticket in here, and the machine scratches it for you. And while we wait, we can play the Willy Wonka Golden Ticket online game with a top prize of $1 million. Just visit VALottery.com or use the lottery app. That's one impressive scratcher apparatus. Use it whenever. What's mine is yours. But hands off the scratcher. That Willy Wonka Golden Ticket is all mine. Sofas, recliners, love seats, everything is better in leather. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley, where bold meets durable. And wait a minute, who's been finger painting on the couch again? That's okay, leather is easy to clean. The new leather collection at Ashley is built with the durability you need for the whole family. Yes, pets too. Luxury is meant to be livable. Shop chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the show. That's a song. <laughs> hey, what's up, everyone? I am Ben. That's Marcus. Hey, Ben. How are you, Marcus Parks? I'm okay. How about you? I'm good, buddy. We got a Christmas tree yesterday. Yeah. So, yeah, we're in the Christmas spirit. Pretty cool. Yeah, so we, we got a Christmas tree, too. Yesterday you did that? Uh, a few days ago. Okay. It's kind of nice yeah. to have a Christmas tree. It's really good. The smell of pine. Mm-hmm. The extreme fire hazard. Oh, yeah. We saw that on the last stream on the left. <laughs> Thank you all for watching the last stream on the left this year. That was our final installment for 2018. Mm-hmm. But, of course, we'll be back in 2019. I did show a fire hazard video, and those Christmas trees light up. Yeah, they do. In more ways than one. Be careful. Don't let Grandpa smoke cigars too close to it. We learned what happened there. <laughs> okay. And and watch out for squirrels. Uh- <laughs> That's why I had to shake the tree out to make sure there's no squirrels in it. <laughs> Having fun playing with nuts. All right. Well, we got a bunch of stuff to get to today. It's another crazy week. Uh, We don't quite know if the government will be um, shut down throughout Christmas. We don't know what exactly is going to happen. By the time of this recording, uh, the budget has not been uh, agreed upon quite yet. Uh, Donald Trump is holding out hopes. He wants a Christmas gift. (laughs) What's his Christmas gift going to be? A wall. (laughs) What psycho? I want a wall for Christmas. Well, Donald Trump, that's the gift that keeps on giving, I guess. Or uh, taking, really, in many ways. Uh, Donald Trump wants $5 billion for the wall in the spending bill, but they said they're not going to give it to him. Let's remember back in the day when he signed the omnibus bill. The omnibus bill had no funding for the wall, and Ann Coulter. Ann Coulter was livid, and Mm. she was mean to him on Twitter. (laughs) And this is actually true, because he might not get the wall funding once again, uh, hence the looming government shutdown, Ann Coulter uh, was negative to him on Twitter, and Donald Trump, you know what he did? Unfollowed her. He unfollowed her. Can you believe that? Anyway, is this page seven? Are we doing (laughs) Riverdale Roundup? No, the president just unfollowed a, a pundit, uh, what do you call that? When it, it, not, it's not a backstab. It's 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 not quite totally transparent. Uh, a subtweet. A subtweet or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, passive aggressive. Passive aggressive. Very yeah, passive yeah, aggressive. Because yeah, yeah. you know, eye. Yes. Yeah. You know, Donald Trump was sitting there in his boxers. He's like, oh, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna unfollow. Yeah. And then he felt great doing it. Anyway, yeah, so. it's yes, his new uh, negotiating technique, the big, the great deal maker. And that's what he said. <laughs> he's gonna have the best deals. He's yeah. gonna, he's gonna treat it like a business. Right. And his new uh, negotiating technique with Congress is, I don't wanna. Uh, he doesn't wanna. Yeah. All right, but we'll see what happens. Interestingly enough, again, as I was talking about the omnibus bill, he said he'll never let it happen again. Mm-hmm. Never again will I sign a bill like that. It was it was full of the pork, uh, to say the least. We're gonna talk about the six hundred million dollars that that bill gave to the United States military. We're going to talk here in a second about what happened with Donald Trump and Syria. Uh, This coming via tweet, which is absolutely crazy. Uh, He wants to take troops out of Syria, but I want to have a debate with Marcus about it because, uh, again, remove the name, remove the face, remove the character of the president, just the policy itself. I want to talk about that idea 
is it time for our troops to get out of Syria? So when it comes to the uh, the budget right now, uh, the omnibus bill, he said he's never going to sign anything like that. Ironically enough, in, two, in July of this year, uh, more moderate Republicans, they put forward a spending bill that actually had $25 billion um, for border security, but it also had this little thing called compassion so it did not pass and donald trump wouldn't even look at it of course the compassionate component of this spending bill was that it was going to deal with dreamers uh, deal with daca recipients in a much more um obama-like way when it comes to actually getting them a path to citizenship but that because but because that was in the bill that was the po- the poison pill in the bill mm. so they didn't get 25 billion dollars for a wall because they refused to negotiate whatsoever on daca recipients aka dreamers so now we're getting towards the end of the year here and we don't know what's going to happen i really hope the congress can get home for the holidays oh, hope oh so. my god <laughs> it's the only thing that would make me happy is if they had to stay yeah. But then, of course, if the government shuts down, uh, they're off scot-free, and the people who that would really hurt is all the civil service workers out there who just wouldn't get paid during the holiday season. Who needs money on vacation? Yeah, right. You who know, needs, that's when you want to be- money right before Christmas. Absolutely. No one yeah, needs it. So. That, and that, that's what... That, that, that's just another thing about like just kind of the casual cruelty of this uh, administration and that's just such a it's such a weird casual thing and it also kind of shows you just how out of touch these people are because well, they don't realize no, yeah. uh, how many Americans you know in civil they servants know. they have to know I mean I don't think they do I don't think they have a concept of what paycheck to paycheck really means right, right. especially around the holiday season like mm-hmm. they just they have no concept of it they don't think about it uh, it's not something that enters uh, into their decision-making process in any way whatsoever. They Certainly. just don't care. It's not that they don't care. It's worse than that. It's that they... Uh, it never even crosses their mind. And certainly, I just read a great article about the shrinking of the middle class. And what is the middle class now? Is it shrinking? We haven't even really defined what it is. But regardless of how you define the middle class, there is no denying it's smaller than ever before. And that's an indicator of what Marcus was saying regarding where where are their minds? Where are their minds at? Uh, the people who are running the country, the people in charge, they're not thinking about the everyday people who, as Marcus just mentioned, are living paycheck to paycheck. So we will see uh, what happens uh, with that. And I'm assuming it looks it, today's been really crazy. There are some people who say they got the votes all of a sudden to pass the bill. And then others are like, no, we're going to put the five. We found the five billion dollars. We don't have the five billion dollars. So anyway, that'll be concluded at some point. Yeah. I want to talk I mean, about some positive news, though. Uh, this is speaking of gifts. This is positive news news and again uh get rid of you know just just think about the policy and not the person who will end up signing this legislation but the aforementioned i've talked about this a couple of times now this criminal reform bill this criminal justice reform bill it's really been championed by jared kushner and cory booker of course cory booker out of new jersey uh he's going to be a, he's probably going to run for president i think I'd with the democratic so. party of yeah. course um he said this regarding Regarding Jared Kushner and this criminal justice reform bill, he says, I don't think this would have happened without him, um, which is high praise coming from someone who is a totally uh, a political opponent, uh, opponent uh, to say the least. He goes on to say a profound effect on th- this is going to have a profound effect on thousands of families who have been suffering as a result of this broken system. So it passed the House. It passed the Senate. It's now on the desk of Donald Trump, who will be signing it again. Jared Kushner is brought uh, his son in law uh, real close to the president. So this legislation, uh, as we talked about before, but this legislation would give federal judges more discretion when sentencing some drug offenders and boost prisoner rehabilitation efforts. It would reduce life sentences for some drug offenders with three convictions. Of course, that would be uh, they got the life sentence after three convictions. And that, of course, is the three strikes and your outlaw, which is Great rule for baseball, horrible rule for criminal justice. And, of course, that came uh, from Bill Clinton. So they're going to re- reduce those life sentences to 25 years. Another provision would allow about 2,600 federal prisoners sentenced for crack cocaine offenses before August of 2010 the opportunity to petition for a reduced 
penalty. So you know that you know this show, and you know us with last podcast on the left, and uh, how much uh, we are champions of criminal justice reform. This was a bipartisan bill, and as I've talked about in the past, it should be because both parties are complicit in the problems that we have in our cr- criminal justice system. But this is a nice piece of legislation, and it's good to hear some positive news, uh, specifically around all the uh, uh, amidst all the negativity uh, that surrounds this White House. So that is that's a good thing, and I'm extremely happy uh, that that will be signed by Donald Jan Trump with his strange, bizarre little signature. I mean, there's, there's, <laughs> that guy's signature is so weird. Yeah. Uh, there's got to be something good to come out of all this. You know, it can't yeah. just be eight, it can't just be four years of horror. Uh, no. There's got to be something good, and you know, hey, good on him for coming up with well, something you know, good. Jared Kushner has actually really been concerned about uh, criminal justice for a long time. I just watched Michael Moore's documentary, air quotes, air quotes, uh, movie, <laughs> Fahrenheit 11.9, which Marcus and I are trying. By the way, th- this is one of Michael Moore's best. Yeah. And I'm not a huge... I liked Roger and Me is legitimately incredible. Roger and Me is a great documentary. Uh, that's yes. when. That's before Michael Moore had all the money and, uh, I don't know, just kind of started sucking Hollywood's bizarre toes and just <laughs> yeah. became... He became a celebrity version of himself, you yeah. know? Kind of lost his soul along the way, I think. Um, but this last movie, 11-9, which Marcus and I are trying to figure out, of course, Fahrenheit 9-11, that's based on 9-11, but 11-9, now Donald Trump was elected November 8th, um, well, the, so, the election was on November 8th, but it was after midnight when the official concession came, so making he's taking it into technically account, 11-9. So he's going on East Coast time. Is that it? <laughs> no, that no, no, it? It, no. It's, it technically happened <laughs> on 11-9. So, yeah. okay. Like, let's say... I, could, I think he's stretching it a little bit. He's got some pizza dough. He's stretching that a little bit. I don't know if someone... if Let's say tonight, uh-huh. who's, let's say uh, who's going to die. Pick someone. Pick someone to die. Oh, my God. Honestly, I hate to say this. Um, Artie Lang. I saw a picture of him. I don't know what happened to his face. I just saw a more recent picture of his nose. It looked better a month ago, and it looked like the worst thing I ever saw a month ago. Yeah. So you can imagine. So I'm going to say Artie Lang, and that's probably going to happen. All right. So uh, say he dies at 1 a.m. tonight. Sure. His death certificate is going to say 1221. Yes, but he died the night of yeah, but 1220. Death certificate. I Death certificate. <laughs> and in some ways, that's an apropos uh, <laughs> analogy. So nonetheless, uh, in this documentary, they were talking about Jared Kushner. Jared Kushner, Kushner and uh, Michael Moore kind of knew each other for a while. I also didn't realize um, that Steve Bannon worked on... on um, uh, distributing the movie which was kind of I mean he came he like came clean on all this stuff so mm-hmm. it was interesting but anyway this was something criminal justice reform has been something on Jared Kushner's mind for uh, for a long time so all the negative there are a lot of negatives and we all know those but mm-hmm. this is oh, yeah. a positive story and it was also an interesting thing that I didn't realize uh, regarding Barack Obama in Fahrenheit 11-9 uh, in Flint Michigan of course this is where Rick Schneider their governor I mean I think a total I mean he's a criminal yeah, what they did uh, to the people of Flint when they rerouted their water into a—they uh, just basically got it into a new. They they had a they had a perfectly perfect clean clear water, and then they put it into uh, a different water source that was extremely polluted, all for uh, business gain, financial gain, and with zero. They didn't even tell uh, the people that they were going to be doing this. Yeah, they just did it, and uh, Obama went down there and he did this whole thing where he he cited with Schneider and was like, hey, give me a glass of water. When I mean, he was on stage speaking at Flint, he's like, give me a glass of water. I'm going to try it. And then he touches his lips to it, doesn't taste, doesn't take a sip. He's like, yeah, this is pretty good water. And everyone's like, we're dying, <laughs> sir. You know, they have extreme levels of lead in their blood and yeah. that lasts forever. And that's generational also. They say you can tell if a, a grandmother had uh, high levels of lead in her grandchildren, you'll be able to see it. Wow. So that stuff is really uh, huge. So it was a good, it was just a good reminder that um, we've never had a perfect administration by any stretch of the imagination. And how do we, how do we get here? Um, well, that was one of the, that was one of the areas where the African American vote was suppressed because of uh, what they felt to be a betrayal by Obama for siding with that horrible 
piece of crap governor of theirs who literally is poisoning people. I also didn't realize they were doing military training, urban military training in Michigan because it's so devastated and no one is there. So they just flew. They got a bunch of tanks down there and they were doing full operations. And people are like, why is the military like, is this Red Dawn? What the hell is happening? (laughs) Uh, But it was quite fascinating. So um, it's good to see criminal justice reform happen and uh i that makes me that makes me very happy all right well let's get to some different news here let's talk a little bit about well let's do let's do the border and then we'll come back and talk about syria how does that sound sounds good now kirsten nielsen she is the head of the department of homeland security uh this week she said that the u.s has secured an agreement with mexico so that immigrants claiming asylum will be returned to mexico as their cases are processed a bid to end the practice known as catch and release. So this is a really interesting uh, policy here. Usually this would happen if, let's just say, some Canadian wanted to come and seek asylum in the United States. They would say, stay in Canada until you're approved, and then you can dip on down there, vice versa for Mexico. But the people crossing over in the caravan, they're from Honduras. uh, They are from um, Ecuador. Ecuador. You know, they are not actually from Mexico. So now you have... They're, they're, they're foreigners in a foreign land no matter what. Um, and so now you have Mexico saying, well, I guess we can house them for a, uh, for a little while before inevitably ending up deporting the vast majority of them because the U.S. has just changed our policy regarding asylum seekers and what do you have to um, say in order to qualify for asylum. It used to be that you could say, there's a bunch of gang wars going on. My family has been murdered or members of my family have been murdered. And I'm scared if I go back, I'm going to die. That used to be like, okay, you probably need some asylum. Yeah. That's no longer valid. Uh, They used to be able to say if you were in a domestic uh, relationship that was exceptionally brutal, uh, abusive, you could stay. You could seek asylum and you would be granted that. Now, recent laws, recent changes have really put the screws to them because they're saying that no longer qualifies and you can't come into this country based on the fact that if you go back to Honduras or uh, Ecuador, you're going to be murdered. That If that doesn't allow you to seek asylum, I don't know what the hell else does. Maybe they should just come over and say, I want to start a Chick-fil-A franchise. <laughs> and then they'd be like, you have asylum, sir. Come on in. Hey there, Ben Kissel for Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. Robinhood wants to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. Robinhood knows the stock market can be stressful for newcomers, so they designed a service that makes it easy to invest with true confidence. I'm new to the stock market. Robinhood gave me some stocks to try out their easy and intuitive app and web platform. All the info you need, charts, analysis, ratings, and market data are presented in a super easy way to understand. I especially liked their stock collections like 100 Most Popular, sectors like entertainment, or curated categories like female CEOs, which helped me find companies I wanted to invest in. Discover new stocks and track favorite companies with a personalized newsfeed and get analyst ratings of buy, hold, sell for every stock. With Robinhood, I was able to learn how to invest as I built my portfolio. I especially loved the custom notifications for price movements, and you can place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone, so you'll never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at tophat.robinhood.com. That's tophat.robinhood.com. But the fact of the matter is, with the caravan, uh, we know what's going on in these countries. We know the drug war is extremely real. We know these people aren't making it up because I'm going to tell you this. It's a hell of an elaborate lie. Yeah. We're going to travel for 30 days. Get get this. <laughs> the punchline is we're going to tell them there's violence here <laughs> in this paradise. You know, it's just like, look, think about it. Yeah. Of course they are in desperate need of asylum. This isn't some massive ruse. This isn't some, uh, you know, Johnny Knoxville like stunt. This isn't Sasha Baron Cohen is not every single one of them. <laughs> Although I'm sure there are some conspiracy websites that think Sasha Baron Cohen is like the head of it or something. I'm sure. Um, so this is really brutal. 
from the administration. So Nielsen made the announcement this past Thursday at a a, uh, House Judiciary Committee hearing telling the committee that the goal is to crack down on migrants falsely claiming asylum only to be released into the U.S. and escape uh, off the radar of immigration officials. This is what she said. She said, but by the time the courts have issued their orders, most of these illegal aliens, and again, I hate that term, illegal aliens, uh, they are human beings, uh, have vanished within our country for good. Oh, they vanished into our country for good, she said. Uh, they have escaped the law, undermined the system, and made it harder for us to actually help real asylum seekers by flooding the system with false claims. So basically, um, they're doing this under the guise of they're rejecting everybody. They're rejecting people who come from abusive backgrounds who need to be in this country for personal safety to really help out the people who really need it who don't seem to exist. Yeah. So that's it's just total nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. And this is going to be the biggest issue of 2019. Immigration is going to be tops. And that's why Beto O'Rourke, I think he's got a real shot. If you look at the recent polling, I want to talk a little bit about recent polling gone, that's been done now in Iowa. Uh, the three main, three big names, it's three big Bs, big mm-hmm. baller brand. Uh, we got Biden, Beto, and Bernie. They, they ranked uh, one, two, three in a, in a recent Iowa poll. Uh, Biden was around 33%. But now, of course, Biden, when it comes to immigration, Obama has some blood on his hands, too. His legacy wasn't great. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of immigration advocates who thought he was entirely too hawkish, entirely too brutal, and entirely too uh, conservative-leaning on the issue of immigration. So Beto, he has made dreamers one of his number one issues and he has made immigration his number one issue he was just at the border this past week of course being from texas i think you know marcus you got a special kind of relationship with immigration and Mm -hmm. understanding what it's like to be on the border so we have Donald well, Trump. I mean, I was ten hours away from. Well, the ten hours, but you know, <laughs> but, you know, if you're you're closer than I was in Wisconsin, very much so. You yes, know, and yes. Texas we, has we a real the, integrated, uh, yeah. you know, Hispanic community. Yes, and, we had a lot of kids. We had a lot of kids coming to into our school. Like some of the like smaller ones, some of the younger ones, like that did not uh, speak English when they first right. got there. But they learned very quickly. Uh, yep. But um, yeah, we we had plenty of people in our town who uh, and. Plenty of people that I grew up I'm with jealous. whose uh, parents were, uh, you know, first-generation immigrants. I'm just so jealous because I would love to be bilingual. Yeah. It's a superpower. Yeah, it really My is. My dad knows German. That ain't doing me any favors. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but we Car- actually Carolina's ha- bilingual. It, it comes in handy quite a bit. It does. We were actually looking for a new studio for our uh, for for our recordings, uh-huh. for our little podcast. Yet. And uh, the man that we were speaking with only spoke Spanish. Carolina came. It was just phenomenal. Save the day. Saved the day. <laughs> Being bilingual is awesome. So Beto, he is going to be able to outflank Biden on the left when it comes to immigration. And when it comes to going against Donald Trump, I think that his message, reasonable, um, compassionate uh, policies, it's going to be good. It's yeah. going to be big. And Beto, again, being a, being a Texas guy, he knows how to deal with it. He knows how to talk the immigration talk. He knows the people who are on the front lines of it. And, uh, and he has seen what... Building a wall will and won't do. So I I think that he has a real shot uh, if the main focus is indeed immigration. And I think it will be because that's Donald Trump's base is bread and butter. And that sort of has made it the bread and butter or the the, the foundation for political campaigns for Democrats as well. Uh, well, I think, uh, you know, Donald Trump started the whole thing with immigration. That was the the very first thing that he mentioned when he was oh, running yeah. for president. Boom. Uh, and it seems like it's the only uh, part of his message that actually works. Uh, because when you see well, the Well, I'll polls, tell you this. It's, it's definitely the part of the message that if he doesn't do it, his, he loses Sean Hannity. Yeah. He loses Limbaugh. He, so he's scared shitless. I don't think he'll ever lose Sean Hannity. No, he did. I, Sean Hannity came out. He's like, if he doesn't get the wall. like These, these conservative immig- immigration, uh, from a conservative uh, perspective, they are real fickle. Yeah. They are real fickle oh, about it. Tucker Carlson fucking oh my went God. 180 on him. Like, oh, yeah. He, yeah no, he, he'll, he he'll lose him. those people. and that, mm-hmm. So that's why this issue, like for him, he is scared shitless to mess up on immigration. Yeah, because that's the there's some racial stuff in there. Obviously, obviously, Uh, there's a lot to it. Yeah, and if he yep, and 
I, but with his bass, I think it's a big, uh, it, it's a big sticking point for what actually works. And because with the general uh, population, um, when you look at the types of things that Donald Trump tries to bulldoze through, like Russia, Robert Mueller, uh, when he tries to bulldoze through that stuff, it's not sticking. Uh, when you look at the polls for the uh, majority population, uh, they believe that he's been lying about a lot of stuff. Oh yeah, uh, they believe that he does have some connection to Russia uh, but with immigration it seems like something that he can just kind of steamroll he can get people behind him and he can always bring it back to that no matter yep. all it can you know you can have all this Mueller stuff and all this Russia stuff right. over there but he can he can call that a witch hunt he can yell about Democrats and all that but he can always bring it back to immigration he's still got this always. shiny little ball uh, that he can dangle above everybody's head like they're you know fucking a, a couple of curious cats absolutely and it's a double edged sword again because it's also igniting a lot of fire underneath more left-leaning people or yeah. not even necessarily politically always left-leaning but when it comes to immigration they want more compassionate policies and yeah. they want dreamers to um feel to, to um to uh what do you what do you what would you say what would you say with the dreamers they want dreamers to uh they want dreamers to uh get there what they deserve they want dreamers to you know they did everything right they signed up with the government they and wanted- they deserve uh you know to live uh not having to fear being deported at some random night they deserve to be treated fairly and, Absolutely. and i i think the the majority of americans uh do have compassion uh and they do want to see people being treated fairly i think a lot of people uh there are some people in this country that are definitely of the opinion of fuck you i got mine but there are also a very large amount of americans amount. who want to see others treated fairly because Absolutely. because they don't want it because they see that they see that person being treated unfairly and they don't want to be treated like that at the Absolutely. Because that, but that also requires empathy. That requires compassion. Well, of course. Um, And then, of course, it's always, you know, it makes you feel good when you're not the one getting crapped all over. Well, that's, at least I'm doing better than, you know, somebody else. But this country still has a fair amount of people who think like that. Absolutely. uh, They do. Who have that mindset and will always have that mindset. So immigration is going to be a big winner, in my personal opinion. It's been a big winner for Donald Trump in the past. And I think it's going to be a big winner for the Democratic Party party in 2019 if handled right yeah and i think beto uh is really on the he's got his he's got the finger on the pulse and uh i i'm just very excited to see what goes on so if if a man can turn lubbock blue then a man can win the presidency that's right i've said that a thousand times (laughs) all right well marcus mentioned russia donald trump has okayed more russian sanctions the trump administration announced new sanctions against russian agents and companies this was this week They're punishing Moscow. This is for, quote, its continued disregard for international norms. The move was intended to smack Russia for cyber attacks interfering in 2016. Among those sanctions were nine main intelligence directories or GRU officers, their direct involvement in efforts to interfere in the 2016 election. So we got some more sanctions going against Russia. Uh, Donald Trump has, has said, okay, he'll do that. Now, we also have to talk about Syria. So it looks like the U.S., we got more sanctions against Russia. But now uh, the, the withdrawal of troops from Syria, of course, they're in there. They're fighting ISIS. Remember ISIS? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're still around. And they are saying this withdrawal, if it actually does happen, who knows if it's actually going to go through. Right now, it was just a tweet, a presidential statement mm. via Twitter, which makes me nauseous. Mm. Um it might not actually come to fruition. Yeah. They might end up staying there. This the, has the happened military so indu- many times when he tweets something and nothing happens. Sure. The military-industrial complex is no joke. They got all the cash, and they have a lot of freaking power. Now, this is what I want to talk about with Marcus Parks. Marcus Parks and Ben Kissel are going to be talking here. MSNBC, you're watching him. Uh, now, I'm not watching. No, nah, I'm watching. Right? Saying- <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm by, I'm by my Christmas tree. I got my nog. Uh-huh. I don't. I have no. I had eggnog one time this year. Yeah, it's weird. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I am not necessarily against if this is done intelligently. If that's a big if, capital I F. If it's done intelligently, I am not necessarily against ceding uh, power um, to Syria to iran and uh, of course inevitably russia would also have a little bit more fi- uh, a little bit more power in syria how long can this go on how long can we be there why are we still there obviously the argument against pulling out is 
we're fighting ISIS on their own turf. If we don't fight them in Syria, we're going to fight them at home. I don't give a lot of credence to that. We have, they're not here now. You know, they're not, I mean, even if they are, we find them. It's really quite, they're not, there's not going to be some invasion of ISIS fighters if we pull out of Syria. I just don't see that. I know a lot of the military experts say that that is a possibility. I personally believe you build more animosity, you create more ISIS fighters. Every time a bomb explodes, uh, destroys a family, maybe has some collateral damage, somebody that's innocent, as we know specifically with Trump's drone strikes, Obama's were horrendous and Trump is even worse because he um, gave a lot more leeway. Doesn't care. Doesn't. Well, yeah, the policy literally fact, is I just... I think he just likes blow- it. Whatever he likes. Well, and now, actually, I know he likes it because he said he likes it when he, he likes, said that he will go after the families of uh, terrorists and bomb people. bomb the shit out of them. And bomb the shit all out of them. this yes. stuff. Yes, yes, we know that um, for a fact. To me, that breeds terrorism. That yep. breeds terrorists. Every it's time somebody sees a bomb and it says "Made in the USA" and they're holding uh, their grandfather or child or sister or brother, uh, they immediately hate. The United States of America, yeah. uh, because that, of, of course, is the tool of destruction or the instrument of t- uh, that's who's creating these instruments of destruction. So it's interesting to see MSNBC and Fox News um, is against it as well. But as soon as like the GOP is super pissed off and as soon as like Lindsey Graham is really mad at Donald Trump, I don't necessarily think I disagree with it because I never agreed with Lindsey Graham on foreign policy ever. Ever. That's, so I, I, I'm like kind of conflicted here. And again, the big is the big if is, can it be done intelligently? Um, but I don't know, because it doesn't seem like the military is really on board. And of course, Donald Trump, really, there's no love lost. It's the strangest thing we've ever had. A commander in chief who kind of hates the entire system that he's governing over. Mm hmm. So, but I don't, I don't know. It's very, uh, well, I mean, that's part of the problem of contrarian politics, and I'm definitely uh, guilty of this as well. When uh, you say, like, well, Lindsey Graham hates it, that means I probably like it, but that's not necessarily true. You no, know, not when, necessarily. Yeah, and, you know, and of course that happens with, you know, Trump and what we were talking about earlier with uh, the criminal justice reform. You know, just because yep. somebody you disagree with the majority of the time likes it doesn't mean that you should necessarily hate it. But on the other hand, when uh, Putin comes out and praises it as a good decision, Right. And note that he said Donald uh, when he right. was talking about Donald Trump. He did not say President Trump. He said Donald, which is a uh, nice little, uh, that's a passive aggressive as well. That's right. a nice passive aggressive yeah. mood to put it, place him below mm-hmm. uh, Vladimir Putin. Uh, but I'm not really oh. sure about, I'm not sure if this is uh, the well, right the decision is, or not because I'm not w- extremely well versed in what's going on in Syria right now. You know. Uh, I mean, but I will the question say, is, it, they, I, I will say, just because we leave, like it doesn't seem like. Because I know a couple weeks ago, uh, it was declared that we uh, destroyed the last stronghold, the last ISIS stronghold in Syria. Right. Uh, right. But you know, life isn't necessarily like a video game no. where you know you beat the last level and then you know end credits roll. Although I do think the end of life will just end with a bunch of Asian names scrolling up and down the screen, <laughs> uh, which I think is wonderful. Yeah, that's how it's going to end. No, uh, that, but, well, that, that's yeah, an but, interesting point. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, you know, us getting out of there immediately. I mean, after you defeat these people, I mean, there's a lot of cleanup to be done, you know, and because thinking, after after the victory, is, I mean, but you when, would think that's when hearts and minds begin. Well, when, do, okay, so, okay, first of all, we have, he's been getting, Donald Trump did not get nearly enough flack. This was in the news for... I think three days what happened in yemen what's happening in yemen the no, u.s financed no uh this war it's financing uh this war the saudis are just absolutely freaking brutal um it's really one of the worst humanitarian crises when it comes to children that we've ever seen so he's getting a lot of flack for that but then we can't have if he pulls out of syria we know the russians are going to have more power we know iran's going to have more power and so in that region obviously we're huge allies with uh with israel I am sure Israel would not be happy with this decision, which is interesting that he would go against Israel because, of course, his evangelical base is in love with the idea 
of the nation of Israel. And with Syria having more power and Iran having more power and Russia Russia having more power in that region, theoretically that would weaken Israel's ability to really be the police of the Middle East, which is what they are now. They're they're the most powerful military by far. Yeah. Uh, It's basically our military. Um, Plus a a dome. You know, they're pretty badass uh, when it comes to that. So the question is, do you have a problem with Iran and Syria taking care of their own business? You know, that's really it. And it, this is part of Donald Trump's foreign policy. This is the Venn diagram where you did have some Bernie crossover. Uh, not really Hillary. Hillary was always a little bit more hawkish. Not to, I don't want to mention anymore 2016. But this is something that he was talking about. Mm-hmm. So this is one of those where, again, the fact it was flippantly put out on Twitter without talking or consulting any of the generals like the military was like what was that on Mm -hmm. twitter that you just said bro like um so that was extremely stupid but the idea of it i'm not necessarily against i'm not sure uh i i really i really what what happens if russia has all the power over there what happens so all of a sudden iran and and syria and russia Russia has the power so then they're they're gonna get some money they'll get some great deals Mm -hmm. i'm sure whatever because it's going to be a pretty good – there's going to be a lot of cash flowing once they start rebuilding. I mean, That our, is for uh, damn sure. I mean, it's uh, – that's – well, that uh, you know, begs the question is uh, are we comfortable with Russia having more influence in yet another part of the world with right. Russian influence growing uh, and Russian uh, – the, the Russians, uh, it is not a secret that they are – looking to expand uh that the uh, current russian administration vladimir putin uh is uh, pretty nostalgic for the ussr and a lot of people in russia uh, according to a recent poll that i saw mm-hmm. a lot of people in russia are very nostalgic for the ussr uh, oh yeah absolutely a they, lot of them are yeah. very much they say that they regret the breaking up of the ussr mm-hmm. uh there's a great book that sure. i'm reading right now i think i uh, mentioned it might have mentioned it before called dancing bear uh uh, that's about uh, it draws a parallel between Russian dancing bears that were a form of entertainment Ooh. that were Russian dancing bears that were treated terribly uh, mm. and uh, you know pretty much treated cruelly uh, but the owners always said that they were a part of the family and said that these bears are treated wonderfully but you know you're not supposed to make a bear dance and you're not supposed to feed a bear candy uh, but you can't feed bear candy <laughs> you can it's just bad for the bear oh really yeah and they apparently can, the light Hasbro gummy bears, I think they're laxatives. Uh huh. Yeah. The, Did you hear that? The diet ones. Yeah. 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 I weird? heard that about four or five years ago. Huh. Yeah. Hey guys, today's episode is brought to you by Roofstock. What if there was an investing platform that allowed you to collect passive income and generate average analyzed returns of 8% in markets across the U.S., not just the ones in your backyard? With Roofstock.com, you can buy, sell, and own investment properties the way pro investors do and start earning passive income right away. Everyone knows real estate is a great way to build personal wealth and diversify your investment portfolio, but it can be complicated. With Roofstock, you can invest in single-family homes across the country with as little as 20000 down. Roofstock has made the whole process transparent and easy to engage. View inspection reports, take a 3D tour, see neighborhood ratings, and when you find a property you like, add it to your cart. It's as easy as buying a pair of shoes online. Roofstock offers a 30-day money-back guarantee. And if your vacant rental property doesn't have a tenant after 45 days of closing, Roofstock will pay your projected rental income for up to a year. This month only, they've got a special deal for our listeners. You'll get a $500 credit towards your Roofstock Marketplace fee at roofstock.com slash top app. That's R-O-O-F-S-T-O-C-K dot com slash top app for a $500 credit. But it's only this month, roofstock.com slash top app. What the book does is that it draws a parallel between the Russian dancing bears and the Russian people. Mm. Uh, nostalgic for times when they didn't have to worry about anything. Right. Uh, when there was less uh, freedom. When, you know, because freedom is uh, it's a great thing, but it's also a burden. You got to work a little bit more. You got to work. Yeah. A li- yeah. You got to work a little bit more. Uh, and you also have to make a lot more decisions uh, for yourself. Right. That, you know, you don't necessarily have to make under, like, say, a USSR. Uh, well, but, they just had to decide what color you go to get. It was either gray, <laughs> gray or 
gray. Tan. Maybe tan. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, it's uh, what this does is that, you know, it gives Russia more power. You know, it, it does. It, brings, it gives Russia more power uh, on the world stage. It uh, does. And that's uh, not. I don't think that's a good thing. You know, well, I, I don't think that's a I don't think giving Russia more power is a is a positive thing. And of course, that plays right in with Putin's plan. Kind of get the Baltic uh, nations back. Uh, uh, yeah. Reform the USSR in some way. Yeah. It'll obviously never be the exact way that it was. But that is his dream. So that is a good point. Maybe this let him have fill that power vacuum. And maybe in 25 years, maybe even less than that. Now we're at war with a more powerful Russia. Yes. That's possible. Yeah. So that's what we have to weigh here. President Trump, so this is the official thing here. He uh, he ordered the rapid withdrawal of 2,000 United States troops within 30 days. So this is going to be happening fairly quickly if this goes through. Again, this was the tweet. I hate that I'm saying this. We have defeated ISIS in Syria. My only reason for being there during the Trump presidency. Uh, he offered no details on his plan for the military mission, nor a larger strategy in Syria. And I think those last two issues are why people are wondering if this is a good idea or not. Um, but again, I mean, those are the things that we should debate, and hopefully we can get more information um, about what the actual strategy is so then we can have a little bit more meat to chew on here. Because right now, as on its face, I'm not against it, but as long as it's done in a way that is strategic and intelligent, uh, if that's possible, because it doesn't seem like the military wants to go along with it. Are we, I mean, is this some sort of like bizarro wag the dog situation where, uh, you know, the president, in order to distract from domestic troubles, uh, pulls out of war instead of going to war? Maybe. Uh, because He's I reverse mean, Nixon it. It's a, it's a reverse Vietnam, which is yeah. better than, or, better or, than or, Vietnam. I remember when, you know, Bill Clinton bombed that lipstick factory to try to uh, distract from the Monica Lewinsky scandal. Interesting. I mean, this definitely, this... Uh, presidential uh pastime has uh i mean it, it has no one's worse than history. nixon though no yeah. one's worse than nixon nixon is a fucking demon forever for what Jeez, he did um can't believe it yeah 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 for uh subverting the peace process uh in vietnam and prolonging the war for uh, further what four years oh, five yeah, years dude. you know tens hundreds of thousands of, yeah. hundreds of thousands hundreds of thousands more people killed. political ambition yep for Rick. his political ambition yeah um, but but anyway i mean is it i mean is he possibly doing this as some sort of uh distraction i mean because the the muller probe is marching on well and we can talk people, about that more people are going down i mean it looks roger stone is inching closer to a jail cell every so, single day all right so what some new developments so anyway that's that's the conversation on syria dm me your thoughts and uh yeah it, it, that's one of those that's that's a tough one up for debate yeah. but that's it's war and peace so it should be uh it's not going to be easy yeah and that's I've the also, whole point i've also got you know I, i've got a feeling that there are so many nuances to this situation that you know we aren't taking into account no uh, we have to we so, have to yeah and uh, or, and so many uh small things i mean this is like when you're dealing with the middle east and you're dealing with uh this region at this point in time like this seems like a, a butterfly effect Mm. Uh, type of a situation where I think very small things can turn into very big consequences uh, and us just kind of ripping ourselves out of there real fast uh, could lead to a lot of uh, unintended There's uh, always disasters that. down the road. There's always that and you know Putin and Assad specifically Putin and Assad they're very close. They yes. are close buddies Yeah, and they are they are deeply uh, tied together allies. Of course, they're both going to be in power for a long time unless a coup occurs. Mm -hmm. So they have a plan, I'm sure, and they would like to see that plan uh, acted out in Syria. And it would give a lot more power to Putin. But then again, do we want to risk 2,000 American lives uh, for something that isn't really in our interest anyway? Yeah, that do is. We need a, it? I mean, is it? Uh, I don't know. It's a. Uh, so. It's. It's very. Uh, it's very complicated. You know what, ladies and gentlemen, bring it up at Christmas. <laughs> bring it up at the Christmas table. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Mueller investigation. So, Michael Flynn, General Michael Flynn, we initially thought he wasn't going to get any jail time whatsoever, and now he went in front of this judge. His name is Emmett, I believe, and the judge 
told Michael Flynn, basically, get the hell out of my courtroom or I'm going to sentence you to real jail time. Now, he's not looking at that much jail time, zero to six months, so he will never be serving. He won't be extensive no matter what. And most likely, if it is any, it'll be you know a month or something. Um, but the judge was real hard on Michael Flynn, uh, says that he, you know, is a total, um, he turned on the country, you know, he's a traitor to the nation, he pointed at the flag, it was a pretty, uh, pretty good theatrical performance from this guy sitting there behind the bench, of course, the judge. So Michael Flynn, he's not out of hot water yet, he might might end up actually serving time. We also have the situation happening with uh, with the Southern District of New York and just the state of New York in general, mm-hmm. totally away from the Mueller investigation. That involves the Trump Foundation, which evidently Donald Trump kind of used for his own purposes. I know that's such a shock. Yeah. Such a shock. Yeah. So they had to straight up dismantle it. They stopped, They, which is just so ironic, of course. The Clinton Foundation is fraudulent. There's a lot of fraud in a lot of these so-called charities. Uh, there's a great documentary, Poverty Inc., if you want some insight on that. But the irony, of course, is as Donald Trump was talking about the Trump uh, about the Clinton Foundation and how corrupt it is, and how she and now every single thing, it's like it's like he was talking to a mirror. Mm-hmm. And so now they have dismantled the Trump Foundation. Donald Trump swears it was a wonderful charitable foundation. I have no freaking clue what they ever gave to anyone. Uh, um, didn't but, they get? Didn't he give himself like a signed Packers? Uh, no, it was a Tim Tebow ja- uh, helmet. Wasn't he it? won his own raffle. Yeah, That's I think good. he did. I think there was a signed. <laughs> Tim so. Tebow, uh, the assigned <laughs> Tim Tebow that the Trump, admit the uh, Trump Foundation bought and displayed. Oh, that's hilarious! Uh, so of course, um, that is completely separate to the Mueller investigation. So even if uh, he skates on Mueller, oh, uh, and it has been declared that the Trump Foundation must sell off the autographed Tim Tebow helmet. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, wow! Donald Trump bought it at a charity auction in 2012 for twelve thousand dollars. So he bought. Hold on a sec. So it was his foundation. Why? He used foundation money to, to buy pay from for the, the foundation. To buy it, not from that foundation, from a different foundation. For yeah. himself. For himself, uh, yes. Great. And they also have to sell two paintings of Donald Trump that Trump paid for. Uh, it cost him about $30,000 to commission these two paintings, paid for by his foundation. Great. Uh, Brilliant. So, um, yeah, so it's now uh, Barbara Underwood, the state attorney uh. general here, uh, she uh, said that the foundation signed a stipulation agreeing to dissolve, distribute the remaining charitable assets oh of God. the foundation, quote-unquote, to reputable organizations approved by her office. Uh. And that includes the Tim Tebow helmet. And and the two $15,000 each self-portraits that Donald Trump commissioned. It's You can't even, just such a spoiled, spoiled piece of, uh, of humanity there. Yeah. Um, interesting. So the Trump administration is no more. Now, this could cause legal troubles for his children, Ivanka and Donald Trump Jr. Of course, they were sort of in charge of the Trump Foundation in many of its aspects. Southern District of New York or the state of New York is looking into this, and it is possible totally, again, outside of the Mueller investigation, that they come down on Ivanka and Donald Trump Jr. for fraud, mm-hmm. for running a fraudulent charitable foundation. Oh, yes. So it's he's he's got about six different um, cases coming at him now, yeah. but six different huge scandals that carry significant time aimed at the Trump family. Yeah. And so something's going to stick. Every organization that he has ever run and been a part of is now under investigation and by either the state or federal government. Really? I mean, it's crazy. And if you take, if you get Ivanka and Donald Trump Jr., that's the thing with this guy. I would not, be, I was just talking with Page Seven's Molly Neffel. I wouldn't be surprised if Donald Trump doesn't see a, a jail cell ever. I, yeah. That, but I could see as it has been for his entire life everything he touches dies and i could see his kids getting getting some significant time yeah uh you know god knows what they're going to find as they continue to unravel uh the web that is the trump foundation finances which would be fascinating to see mm-hmm. so that's totally outside of the Mueller probe now within the Mueller probe we have him sort of um, scratching down the door of a fella, as, as Marcus uh, referenced, uh, this dude. We got Jerome Corsi, mm-hmm. and then, of course, we have Roger Stone. Now, Jerome Corsi is one of Roger Stone's lackeys, I suppose, for, I guess, 
because he was kind of a lackey of Roger Stone. Roger Stone was certainly he's the top of the he's the top of the cool guy pyramid. Cool guy? Uh, yeah. In yeah the, in the, the, no, these guys think they're really cool. Yeah, I've these seen, radio guys. I've seen Roger Stone's steampunk get up. Yeah, he yeah, thinks yeah. he's really cool. Oh, he thinks he's extremely cool. But Jerome Corsi also he's. I watched I watch Glenn Beck radio on TV sometimes. Yeah. Glenn. It's called Glenn. And he's got Pat Glenn. and Stu. Glenn. <laughs> he's got Pat and Stu on there. And they're like 45, 50-year-old dudes. They think they are like super freaking awesome. Yeah. They're like, you know the, the ego of a radio dude? Mm-hmm. Like the classic ego radio guy? Yeah. So, such douchebags. Um, but that's Jerome. So Jerome Corsi, he has said that he is going to be indicted any day now. Now, evidently, maybe his lawyers know something that we don't know. Who, who knows? I'm sure they do know something we don't know, uh, but perhaps they know he's going to be indicted. And if they get Corsi, uh, Roger Stone is right there. And, of course, that would be a pretty big fish for uh, for Mueller uh, to, to net. So we'll see what happens. If you're Stone, obviously he's already said he's going to plead the fifth. Who knows? Um what that what what they'll be charging him with i don't think that he's going to be lying to the fbi because i don't believe he's speaking uh to the fbi mm-hmm. um but that could be the next two big guys to watch out for when it comes to indictments there's also judge napolitano on fox news was talking about how it's possible because of course the statute of limitations when it comes to donald trump they would be gone in 2021 Right, it's a five-year statute of limitations when it comes to the um, violations, specifically campaign finance violations. So it's possible, and many people say it's not likely, but it is possible that they have already indicted Donald Trump, sealed put it under sealed indictment, which is such. It's a little bizarre, right? They can just kind of have a sealed indictment and be like, it's so now it doesn't age. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like I, you know, it's a little straight. It's kind of a way out of that yeah, whole statute of limitations thing. Yeah, it, it's a loophole for a statute of limitations, yeah. but it's also kind of made for these exact kinds of situations where guys can just kind of hide. And, yeah, you know, because otherwise you could have someone uh, just leave town for a little while and uh we're not leave town but leave the country sure you sure. know wait until the statute of limitations runs out and then you come on back absolutely you know so sealed indictments uh they happen they, they, happen, they and they obviously serve their purpose absolutely so uh that's where Mueller is a lot of people are like he's got to be wrapping up soon and i have no freaking idea uh, this thing could just drag on because if he gets stoned they got a trial. That's a year long, you know, eight months, something Stone's like that. Stone's a lot. And if you get Stone, maybe you get Sam Nunberg. I don't know. Nunberg, uh, he's all over TV now. Yeah. I think he's, no, Nunberg, is, he's he's fully cooperated. <laughs> he is, uh, Nunberg. He's the most lovable character that's ever been on TV. Yeah, Nunberg is definitely, yeah, I checked his Twitter, and uh, the last tweet he did was two days ago. It was uh, just a retweeted picture of Daniel Bryan. Hey, all right. So, Nunberg's a big wrestling fan. No kidding. Yeah. That's hilarious. Of course he likes Daniel Bryan. Now it's the (laughs) no movement. It was the yes movement, Uh and now it's the no movement. He's bad. They literally, his character is called the new Daniel Bryan. They didn't even try. Yeah. He's just the new Daniel Bryan. He's mean now. Yeah. I don't really like him. No. I'm just going to say he's a little boring. Also, uh, just lastly, Mick Mulvaney is the new temporary chief of staff. Nobody wanted that job. Mick Mulvaney takes uh, takes it. He took it. And General uh, John Kelly is now out. So, And Mulvaney said, my strategy is to just let Trump be Trump. And it's like, that's a strategy. Great strategy because you have no other option. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's either whatever. you do that or you're fired. I don't have a lot of sympathy for people who, uh, you know, but – or I do have a lot of sympathy for people, but for General John Kelly. But I know I his frustration level must just be astronomical. Yeah, must be like uh, you know just a kindergarten teacher. You know, on its fur on their first day, mm. they don't want to be there. Nope. All right, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening this year. This is the maybe this is the last one of the year. It is. Oh my goodness. Yeah, gracious. we'll be back in the uh, first week of January. Well, we'll have a lot to talk about. Cannot wait for the campaigns. They're going to be real exciting. And again, Democrats don't participate in the politics of personal destruction. Stick with policies. There's a lot of robust debate to be had about those. No need to destroy people. So when we get to a general, it's just a bunch of two two pigs in shit because we know which one will win that contest. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Hail yourselves. Talk to you soon. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. A car is never just a car. Kelly Blue Book knows it's so much more than that. It's your commuting chariot, your road trip refuge, your I just need a reason to get out of the house. Your car is there for everything. And for everything car, there's Kelly Blue Book. Need a new set of wheels? Price it on Kelly Blue Book. Problem under the hood? Fix it with Kelly Blue Book. Can another car do the job better? Trade it or sell it on Kelly Blue Book. We're here mile after mile, moment after moment. Price it, fix it, trade it, sell it. KBB.com. Visit kellybluebook.com to get the journey started.